and Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. We took a short break following the conclusion of the NFL season, but we're back on the pod and we're ready to go. Uh, this is our 45th episode, and it's an important one. Why is it an important one, you ask? Well, because it is officially NFL draft season, which means it is time to tee up the 2022 NFL draft for all of our listeners. In case you're joining us for the first time, my name is Colin Hallboom, and I am joined by my OG co-host this evening, as I always am, Bodan Yard and Scott Capron. How's it going, boys? What up, Boom? What's going on, Boom? Now, don't be worried if you are not yet up to date on a lot of these prospects. Uh, we've got plenty of time to get you informed before the actual draft goes down on Thursday, April 28th. Uh, Bucks Banter will be providing coverage on all of the players, positions, teams that you need to be familiar with leading up to the big day, uh, which leads quite nicely into my first request of the evening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you rate and review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you stream the pod. Uh, we will also have mock drafts, articles, and other content coming out on bucks-banter.com. I'll be doing a bit of writing for uh, NFLDraftLounge.com as well, so you can check out some of my work there, uh, where I recently published a seven-round Buccaneers mock draft. So uh, check that one out. Although, you know, Combine already going down, things have changed since then, so I'll get another one out for you shortly. The plan for this draft primer episode is just to go through some of the most important names at each position. We'll introduce some of our favorite players in the class. We'll touch on the combine results, the risers, the fallers, potential first round team fits, and really anything else that comes up. So um, before we do that, though, before we do that, I do want to just hit on a couple items related to the NFL and the Buccaneers. We're not going to talk about it today. I'm just going to mention the headlines. So hold your horses because uh, we just don't have time to fit it all in. But um, Calvin Ridley just suspended a matter of hours ago for uh, for an entire season for betting on games when he was off this past year. Um, I know we don't like that, eh, fellas? Oh, we hate it, and we are so excited to talk about it. I can't no, wait till we yeah. actually break that down. Lock, lock me up and throw away the key, guys, honestly, <laughs> if that's the case, if we're not allowed. The guy's rehabbing, and he can't. You can't make a little five-team parlay. Like that's what I'm really offended about. I don't know what he's what he's doing with a three-team, five-team, eight, eight-legger. Like that's the issue here. If we weren't really want to get into it, but hey, and throwing the Falcons in, the, you know, he put the Falcons in there as like, okay, this is the big multiplier. I yeah yeah because they're you know they're an underdog in every game. Yeah. Looking at all the replies on Twitter, um, and it's just various memes of like people counting money. It's like. Yeah, Calvin Ridley betting the under on to on uh, passing yards for Matt Ryan. It's like, yeah, that's pretty safe. Probably hit it a couple times. I know I would have. Yeah, we need we need someone to expose the actual bets. Come on. Yeah, yeah they, they, they definitely have them. Definitely a player prop guy. Yeah, I you th yeah you know, taking a bunch of receivers overs just just music He's just screaming at Kyle Pitts like all of us were the early season. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's what a wild story, though. Really, I mean, yeah, they, we'll and for a whole year, like they pretty swift and uh, you know, swinging the hammer there, Goodell. Seriously, and it, it for Bucks Nation, I mean, as mentioned, we're going to talk about a lot more of this uh, in detail yeah. later. It's just not going down tonight, but I, I haven't been on the airwaves since Ali Marpet retired, so 
Uh, special shout out to Ali Marpet. I mean, obviously a catastrophic loss for the Buccaneers. Um, but what an incredible seven seasons he gave the Bucks coming out of Hobart College. Uh, just one of the best homegrown Buccaneers um, draft picks by Jason Light. Uh, couldn't have asked more from him going out on top. He just got engaged this past weekend. So uh, big ups to Ali Marpet. Thank you, sir, for your service to the Buccaneers and their fans um, and the Tampa community for that matter. Um, uh, Chris Godwin apparently is maybe going to be franchise tag now, which is definitely not something I wanted to see happen for a second consecutive season. I thought things were lining up quite nicely for us to use that franchise tag on Carlton Davis see what he he does this year where he can really establish himself as like a top of the market corner or maybe more of like a, I don't know, like 12 to 14 million a year type guy. Um, but apparently they haven't been able to iron out a contract or the details of a contract with Godwin and his agent. So uh, the reports are that they're going to franchise him for a second consecutive season. So, I mean, more info will come out. We'll see if that actually happens, but that appears to be the way that is headed. Where are you with that? I mean, I, I, whatever you got to do to get him back. So if you, yeah. like, you know, that sucks. Yeah. I, I'm like, how can you have not iron this out? That's my initial frustration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if that's the only way you can keep him here, like the thought is they would do that simply to extend their window to negotiate ultimately gives them way more time to negotiate if they're not that close and they're not feeling too optimistic. So, you know, it's an unfortunate reality, but you don't let them leave the building. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I if do. I was a wide receiver and Tom Brady just left my team, the price just went up. But yeah, that's dick, basically dick, where I would where I'd be at. Dick move by Brady, just from the Godwin perspective. <laughs> um, they should have they should have got it done before Brady re- retired, though. Hundred percent. He didn't even care. Seriously. So that's the Bucks' fault. Um, and then, so obviously that opens up a crucial position on the offensive line, which certainly changes things in terms of how Jason Light will approach the draft. So um, there's that. And then Ryan Jensen, I mean, all of this also affects Ryan Jensen, who's also a free agent, along with mm-hmm. Alex Kappa. Um, and, and the thought, the prevailing thought amongst, you know, beat reporters and people who cover the team is that Jensen is likely going to go get that bag somewhere else. Uh, because the Buccaneers aren't necessarily in a position to offer him a huge sum, which he could get. I mean, probably reset the center market even. Like, he he probably wants to be the highest-paid center in the league, and I think a team with cap space with a dire need of the position, such as the Cincinnati Bengals, um, yeah. would mm-hmm. likely provide a, um, a more financially fruitful situation for Big Red. So uh, that is what it is. We'll see what happens there. Same with Carlton Davis, as I mentioned. But anyway, I think what we want to do, what I definitely want to do is I want to I want to get our listeners up to date on some of these some of these draft prospects. Uh, the combine has happened. Um, I've had a chance to really dive into a lot of these players and these different position groups. And I think the plan is I'm just going to kind of run through the position group by position group and we can stop and talk about whatever guys we want. And we're just going to kind of roll with it and see what happens if anyone who's watching live wants to chime in or has questions about any of these prospects, what they think of them, please don't hesitate. So I'm going to start with the quarterback position. I mean, this is, uh, like, to put it bluntly, not a good quarterback draft at all. Um, yeah. It's just not. That's just the reality of the situation. Doesn't mean none of these guys are, are going to pan out. Some of them could end up being really good. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like M- Malik Willis out of Liberty, he's the guy with the highest upside. Um but also, he's a, he's a tough eval because he was playing at Liberty. 
<laughs> and you know he he's not like some revolutionary athlete you know yeah. it's not not like a lamar jackson or something he's certainly got a cannon for an arm he's super athletic he's big he's strong apparently did really well in the interviews all that stuff but it's just a matter of, of you know what team is going to view him with a first round grade i mean Teams are going to take quarterbacks in the first round, okay? I, I don't think any of these quarterbacks in isolation deserve a first-round selection if they weren't quarterbacks. If that right. Makes yeah, it's, yeah. it's skill in, level. Yeah, right. based on, like, just who are the most talented guys in the draft, there might maybe not one of the quarterbacks is actually one of the 32 most talented guys, which is so rare. Um, but it's it's a it's almost a separate draft unto, unto itself, right? Whatever happens with the quarterbacks every year. But pretty wild when it's just – um, you know, straight up, no Hall of Famer, no Cornerstone, no Andrew Luck versus Robert Griffin. I almost wonder if the teams at the top are like, oh, you know, then we can just kind of take who we want. Because the quarterback thing, when someone's near the top or, you know, do you need the court? It, it's almost yeah. kind, of, kind of like looms over a franchise. And, you know, most of the time, the guys that get taken, the first quarterback taken are really good and, be, and pan out and all that. But it doesn't always happen. And I almost wonder if the teams at the top are like, okay, bit of a like, let's just take who we like, and uh, you know, we're not going to get murdered for years um, over our pick, kind of thing. Great point. I mean, you got the Lions who have a need for quarterback sitting at two, right? Yeah. You got the Giants with two picks in the in the top seven, and the, the, no one's for the most part mocking a quarterback there either. Like that's crazy, right? I mean, just an yeah. example of what you're saying, Scott. You're right. That is very unique. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. But like a team like the Giants, apparently they think Daniel Jones is the is that guy, right? Yeah. So if you are like you're kind of in that position where you don't have to go into an offseason being like, is it Daniel Jones or is it the guy that we just drafted? So yeah. we can just pick the best guy. Same with like the Jets, right? Like Zach Wilson didn't exactly have an unbelievable rookie year, but they're at the top of the draft again. They're able to pick the guy who they think is going to make the biggest impact and not just. Cool finding a quarterback yeah and not, not to make the like not these aren't one-to-one -one comparisons but you know and obviously this is bringing up kind of a separate issue but good on the cardinals for saying all right rosen you're not the guy we're gonna take kyler the next year you know exactly. like a lot of teams wouldn't do that just because and you know kyler murray was better always was is better than josh rosen right like that was on like they cut their lot like they cut ties and, you know, once again, like I said, Kyler will obviously be a topic in another podcast, right? Because he's, uh, you know, I want to say going through it. dominating the headlines, but he's definitely been a big part of them, right? So, uh, you know, I, I wonder the Jets, I thought Zach Wilson was okay, but I wonder if there was a blue chipper at the top of the draft, if they'd be like, I maybe we do. Maybe yeah. we have to just do, go that route. I mean, this is all hypothetical. It's not going to happen. There's no one there's no quarterback that you would just take over Zach Wilson right now, I would say, but uh, yeah, interesting anyway. What is it about the quarterbacks, right? Like, is it, is it that the, like, is it, is this like a product of college football at this point? Like, is it just like so heavy RPOs that there aren't that many, like what happened this year that there aren't as many talented guys? It happens. Yeah. I think it's just the, just the year. I, I it's think just yeah. it's just the class. It's just, Okay. Yeah, that's or other times there's a bunch of first round ish guys, but nobody at the top. Like I think about was it the Blaine Gabbert, Jake Locker, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Christian Ponder fiasco. You know what I mean? Like basically none of those guys worked out, but they're that was the last, that was the last one like this, Scott. Great call. Yeah. I think it just happens, Bo. Honestly, like when you think that there's only 32 teams, there really can't be two or three transcendent quarterbacks coming in every single year, right? Yeah. So I, th- I think it just kind of works in concert like that a little bit. Yeah, transcendent. But like, I feel like even the starter grade on like most of the guys is like it's just not there. Like, there's just this year, like no. You know what I mean? Like, it's just weird to see a class go through that there's just like not a like presumably not a starting quarterback. I hope like for me, like watching all the tape, watching what Malik Willis has done at the combine, like I hope he's one of those guys that just yeah. kind of transcends everything. But the overwhelming consensus is that none of these guys are going to be no are going to be that like a starter starter. Yeah, your Sam Howells, your Kenny Pickett's, that whole crew, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So with with the quarterback position, I mean, like you know, I have them in tiers, and I I have Willis, Matt Corral, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, and Desmond Ritter all in in a tier together. Um, oh, I thought yeah. you meant you like had them in tiers with your written evaluation, like crying because you're just picking them all apart, like making jokes about Kenny Pickett's hand size, about how Sam Howell can't make a pop a shot, things like that, like. I saw your first draft. It's it's tough, but it's fair. <laughs> yeah, the the quarterback tier had me in tears. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's killing me. I mean, like Kenny Pickett's hand size thing. Like it's it's obviously a, a joke, but it's a it's not a joke. Like like yeah. it is. Inc- those are incredibly small hands. Like historically small. Apparently, Vic's the only other player who had eight and a half, but he's he had an absolute cannon, and he's also like the most electrifying running yeah. quarterback of all time right so no fumble issues with mike vick yeah so that's an interesting one i mean it's really hard to project like where these guys are gonna go i mean in my first rundown of mock draft i have willis being the first quarterback taken by the steelers um i think chances are in reality like someone's gonna take a shot on a quarterback before they're like um but who knows who it could be it could be any one of those guys so i mean um ritter's a guy who performed really well at the combine. He ran way faster than anyone thought. Howell threw the ball really well. Um, and Matt Corral is obviously not participating. He's still recovering from a high ankle sprain. Um, so it's really interesting. We'll see. I mean, I, there's not much more to talk about on those guys. Like as, as time goes on, we'll, I'm sure some news will come out and we'll, we'll get a feel for who's the most favorable. But um, I do want to move, move over to the wide receiver position because that's a, a totally opposite end of the spectrum in terms of yeah. high quality players. And a whole bunch of them. Colin, can I just make one more point about the quarterbacks? I think as far as the league goes, I think we're in a pretty good spot from like quarterbacks eight through 22 are all pretty good now. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of bunch them up in a hat. Like there's a, like, you know, everyone has their different lists and you can throw different guys probably in that group. But I think there's enough of them who are like pretty good. And with the right team, they can do enough damage with right so i feel like more than ever teams are yeah okay you don't have mahomes you don't have allen you don't have rogers okay that sucks but there's a bunch of other guys that that are serviceable or that's serviceable isn't even as uh, like doing them justice like they're they're good players and i I just like a threat to get hot like a Kirk cousins type that like yeah exactly or they've shown it in at least flashes and they're not bad because i remember like you know a handful of years ago yeah. Sometimes 
you're watching on Sundays and there will be games that are unwatchable. Like these guys can't play the position. And it's, yeah. I don't think that that's the case anymore. Like, like the year that the Kaepernick like sat out that everyone oh. was just like, this is egregious. Like, yeah. This doesn't make any sense. There's like 12 guys. That was all you needed to know. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's because they've embraced that athletes play the position now. You know what I yeah. mean? That's really what I think it comes down to. Yeah. Because of guys like Kaepernick and, and so many others who had success being true athletes, it's just a whole nother dimension that, put so much pressure on a defense. So you got to be an athlete now, like the Tom Brady days, you know, guys like that being successful. I mean, unless like you're statue in the pocket, unless you're an absolute assassin, those days are, are more or less behind us. Yeah. For um, sure. And in terms of this receiver group, um, like the top tier uh, runs about six deep, I would say six deep. Uh, you got Traylon Burks from Arkansas, Garrett Wilson from Ohio state, who seems to have the most notches in terms of being considered the wide receiver one in this class at least from the media evaluators. You got Drake London out of USC, um, mm. who's like, you know, he's a basketball player. Like, he's a high-level basketball player, and he's really young. Um, he doesn't have the speed of a Mike Evans, but he does remind me of Mike Evans in a lot of ways when he was coming out. Really? Uh, yeah. And then you got Olave, Chris Olave, who I think people have just – who's kind of slid under the radar somehow. That's kind of – he ran, he ran a 4-3-something, <laughs> though, so, like, people – People are now remembering all of a sudden um, how how lethal Olave is. Cap, I think we talked about him during a previous yeah, pod about how it so good. doesn't make sense how how he was kind of slipping. Like some people have him outside of the top five receivers in the class. Um, I'm not pretty wondering. bold to go to go with three wide receivers off the top and pick two Buckeyes to to shine your light on right away. What can we say? They're really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those guys are really good. I'm not gonna. Like, I know. Thanks, Bo. I appreciate you. Finally, someone looking out for me here. But um, <laughs> I think Olave is a bit of a victim of he's been around so long. Yeah. He's kind of been in the mix. He's been one of the best receivers in college, like, since he started at Ohio State, right? I, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, just people are growing a little tired. I don't – like, he can play, and he's always open, makes tough catches. I We'll see. We'll see. It's hilarious. You just said always open. That's literally what I have in my uh, my short blurb on him in my mock draft yeah. uh, that I gave yeah. Boa a sneak peek of yesterday. It just said he's always open. Yeah, like, he, he's yeah. got Keenan Allenness to him. Like not like, one being slept on, but two just like being such a, a great route runner. Um, he's got good hands and, and always being open. Right. So yeah, but he, I'm excited. I'm excited for this class of wide receivers just because. It was so obvious to all three of us that like okay, Jamar Chase is the best one. And like I feel like we're we're all gonna go into next season being like, Oh, I think this guy's the best rookie wide receiver, and then like we're all gonna have differing opinions on it. For sure. And then yeah. the other two players who kind of round out that top six is Jahan Dotson out of out of Penn State University. Um, yeah. you know, probably the best hands of the group. Again, another guy who's not really getting talked about enough. He's kind of that fringe first rounder, second rounder, depending how many receivers are gonna go. Um, but he has all the talent to end up being the best guy in this class. And again, situation matters. And then you got Jameson Williams from Alabama, who obviously uh, tore his knee up in the national title game, an absolute burner. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's a guy who's still going to go in the first round. I would, it would be, I would be shocked if he doesn't go in the first round still. Yeah, Is this the group you're most like going into draft night? There's a run on a position group. Is it wide receivers this year? I think it's edge rusher. Edge mm. rusher? But okay. receiver's right there too, Bo. It's like the two yeah. of them. Those are the two spots. Corner as well. Those would what be is, three wait, spots. What do you mean by a run, Bo? Like just... Where like, okay, like, I don't know. Let's say like 
let's say the Jets take a wide receiver, do we end up seeing like from like four to like 12? Is there like going to be six wide receivers in that? Mm, gotcha. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where all of a sudden, like everyone's like, oh, I got it. Like it happened a few years ago with like O-linemen or, or tackles or whatever, right? And it was just like, oh, everybody needs to get their tackle right now because they're all going to be gone. Sometimes that does happen. It's yeah. almost like the room gets hot or something like that. And it's yeah. like there's a FOMO. It's like, oh, that guy took a tackle. Why don't we take a tackle? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. And, I see like, and the reason I answer with those positions is because the top roughly six guys for six, seven guys for corner edge rusher and receiver are, are so good. So yeah. if you want to get one, if, if having one of the top guys is imperative, then I could see a run happening where, yeah. where and usually that involves some team who's sitting back in the wings sees like three go off the board earlier than they expected. And they're like, Oh shit, we got to trade up. Right. That's yeah, what exactly. creates that, that run that you're talking about. Um, and then there's a couple guys in the second tier who I really like uh, George Pickens out of Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. He played hurt a lot. He had a big catch in the title game. He's a really good receiver. Like that could be a second round guy who ends up being a stud. Like he's always been a big nice. prospect uh, and he ran faster than, than people expected as well, which will only help his case. And then a guy who, who um, I've been on for a bit, but is really skyrocketing now is Christian Watkins out of North Dakota state. Um, traditionally viewed yeah, yeah. as more of like a, a burner, like big burner, um, but he's just like, he, he lit up the senior bowl, like absolutely torching the DBs there with, you know, his route running, going over the middle, showing his hands, like doing a little bit of everything. Uh, so he's a guy who I think now, like I, I mocked him in my Buccaneers seven round mock draft, check it out on NFL draft lounge.com. Um, I mocked him to the bucks in round two towards the end of round two and felt like maybe that was early when I did that. And now there's no chance he's going to be there at that point. I, I, I saw someone at the Packers taking him at the end of the first. So, mm. you know, people are just not sleeping on him anymore. And then uh, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan is another guy who has people really – him, eh? Yeah, his, yeah. Stock's, his stock's taken off. He's fast. He, he, he's, he's good. He's just good. He's not huge, but he's a talented, talented player. Kind of shades of, like, Steve Smith in a way. Like, not a, not a huge guy, but he's just got that – Nitty gritty to him, and and he's got that up. name. He's got the Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Like, yeah. you just, you just feel like you're an announcer when you say his name. Yeah. If you name it, if you name your baby boy Sky, like you know he's going to be an alpha. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. And then David Bell out of Purdue. You got oh, John yeah. John Mechie down there. Bunch of other names, but that's kind of yeah. the top top tier receivers who will be available in the first two rounds. Um, fun group. It's a fun group. Very fun group. So we'll and and like no consensus, right? Garrett Wilson, sure, maybe most people, but there's people who got Traylon Burks, one on their board of receivers, Drake London. Mm. Um, It's usually between those three for who's wide receiver one. Um, So yeah. Sorry. Who's your favorite? Well, not for not not thinking like for team or scheme. Just who's your favorite one? Yeah, who do you think is going to be the best one? I hate to say it, like I'm really coming around. If I have to bet on a guy to have the best career, I'm going to take Garrett Wilson now. Um, but, but I love like I have a I have a thing. Drake London, Olave, like those are two guys I think I'm higher on than most. Um, and then Traylon Burks too. Like they're all nasty. Like they're those all, all four of those guys in the right spot with the right guy throwing them the ball and the right OC scheming them open could be a major force. Cool. Th- Trey Burks, Traylon Burks. Pardon me. He's like a big boy, like yeah. he's a big, strong guy, and they used him in every which way at Arkansas. 
um, like jet sweeps, like, you know, hitch passes, sending them deep on the outside. He can do a bit of everything. Um, they almost like it's like a more receiver version of Debo almost in terms of how they use him. And uh, people were talking for his size. He was going to run stupid fast at the combine. And I know it only means so much, but he was a little slower than people expected. And for anyone who doesn't know, like this combine just absolutely shattered every record there ever yeah. existed in terms of of speed, like insane speed on display. Um, there was the fastest average time ever across all positions. 31 players ran a sub 4-4, which is also a record. In terms of position groups, this was the fastest running back group, fastest wide receiver group, fastest O-line group, fastest D-line group, fastest linebacker group, and fastest Jesus. defensive back group of all time. That's okay? wild. So that's like, but it's weird, right? There was something, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, there's something off here. Like, this is just too many people being this yeah. fast. That. Yeah, that almost seems like a little much, or something's going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so Lance Zerline, who, by the way, shout out Lance Zerline. This guy is a godsend to the NFL draft community with the hundreds of profiles he writes up, and he's just fantastic. So he deserves a shout out. But um, so he he looked into it when he was in Indy, and he was, like, talking to people there. And I get what – I guess they they have a new turf put in. So first off, he was checking with the clocks on some of the times. It was um, – and he's like, what was your hand time on that? Like to a bunch of teams to see. And like some of them, most of them always checked out still with, with the official times that were recorded. Crazy. So love that, love so. that there are still people there with a stopwatch. <laughs> always. You always. gotta be kidding me. I don't trust I don't trust this. Oh yeah. Don't worry. I'm on it. Like, are you kidding? Are, are just, you at the start line and the finish? Oh, it's ridiculous. He has run with them. Yeah. You can't be surprised at old school people, though, man. That's football, right? I know. Yeah. Well, that's, we still use, you know, the yardsticks with a chain link to determine huge parts of games. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that is so ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway. But but so what he did was he so so Lance Zerline goes and investigates with like the uh, the Colts like field staff and all this. And he finds out they put in a new turf um, in 2020 or 2021. And last year, they obviously didn't have the combine. So he thinks yeah. it's a fast turf. Mm. That's Interesting. Our, uh... Interesting. But, but regardless, whatever you think, maybe like, obviously it's a, a super fast class. That can't be disputed, but yeah. we'll find out at the pro days, right? We'll find yeah. out at their pro days. Um, the, the clocks will speak there. Um, in terms of running back, sorry. Wait, wait. One last thing before we get off of the wide receivers thing. Like, this yeah, is. Been, like, I think I brought this up. Time. Like, from a free agency standpoint, this is a crazy wide receiver class. Uh, and going into a draft with like a crazy draft class of wide receivers, I'm really interested to see what happens with like, like a guy like Allen Robinson. Did Allen Robinson just like lose a bunch of money because there's six wide receiver ones in this? in this uh draft class right like i don't know it's it's gonna be super interesting to see what happens from a off-season perspective with how this shakes out yeah like tons of these teams with needs at wide receiver who you know everyone and their their brother are, are mocking to draft wide receivers like some of them yeah. may address their wide receiver one position with a guy like alan robinson and opt for you know to draft a defensive tackle so obviously some of these guys are going to go to different places that's why it's so hard to predict but you're right that's an interesting yeah. And, and does it end up there's a bunch of steals in the second round because the guys are like, oh, I'm, go, I'm going to free agency instead or do or is there a run? You know, I think having a dynamic receiver on a rookie deal is like 
you know, like even like Allen Robinson, he's going to get paid. Like I know that goes for every position, but I think there is plenty of appeal in taking the rookie that you really like if you can. So um, a lot of teams might see how the, how the board falls. And then if it doesn't work, then they'll really, I don't know. We'll see what happens Um, in terms of running backs. um, Brees Hall really helped himself at Iowa state. Um, He, he, he ran really well and he has the production to back it up with back to back. 1500 yard seasons he can catch the ball he does everything um so he's he's firmly in the rb1 discussion along with kenneth walker out of michigan state who also performed exceptionally well at the combine um if you ask me those two guys are are a step ahead like i think they've separated themselves from a guy like isaiah spiller at a uh, texas a&m who's probably regretting not running at the combine because those guys helped themselves so much um and then in terms of that position i mean someone who i think i actually got into a, a bit of a debate with a guy from the draft network on this because he had said um, winners from this night at the combine. And he listed Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame and Kyron Williams is a player. I really like at, you know, as a, I don't know, late second round, third round pick ish. Um, But he didn't, he didn't run a good time at all, especially when everyone else is flying. So like, so people are saying, so this guy and I got into it because he was trying to say he helped himself because he caught the ball well in the field drills. And I'm like, well, and his footwork was good. I'm like, well, everyone knew everyone knew he could do that. Like, yeah, like the way he was going to ju- jump up boards and really help himself was by running a faster 40. And he didn't. He did the opposite. He ran a slower 40. So I don't think it's a, an indictment on him as a player. I think Kyron Williams yeah. is the type of guy who could be a really good pick for somebody. Um, but he's a, an example of a guy who hurt himself. Dalvin's little brother, James Cook. Bo, I know you like him. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's good, man. He's not a three-down back. That's for sure. So he's a little more of a specialist, I think, in the NFL. That's how he profiles, but um, definitely a talented player. Definitely a talented player. And then, the, well, sorry. Well, I, I got that sneak peek at your mock draft. I think the question everybody wants to know is like, do we, are any of these guys going in the first round? Not on, not not on my watch. It's a Capron draft. Trying to make Cap proud. Yeah. I'm not, not on my watch. <laughs> I'm just so happy. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't be happier about it. And teams are finally figuring it out. And some of these guys are going to be really good. And then guess what? Next year, we'll get another group of guys that are going to be just as good. They're going to be very similar. And then we'll go from that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So as much as I like a lot of these running, I love Brees Hall. I think Cook from Georgia is good. Don't get, like, for sure. Hope they... I hope they really maximize their four years in the NFL like every other running back, and then we do it all again next year. And uh, and here we are. Yeah, and like Rashad White out of Arizona State's another guy. Um, there, there's plenty of solid running backs. Same old story you can find in the middle to late rounds. Um, but that 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 top tier of backs, um, I think, is Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, and Isaiah Spiller. So could go either way with those top two guys. We will see. Uh, moving over to the tight end position. Not a lot of top-tier talent necessarily, um, but there's some decent depth there. So you're not going to see teams uh, blowing their load on a tight end like Kyle <laughs> Pitts last year. Like The first guy who's going to go is going to be Trey McBride out of Colorado State. But after him, you got Cade, Wa- Cade Otten out of Washington, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Jalen Windermere out of Texas A&M and Jelani Woods out of University of Virginia is a guy who really helped himself. He's skyrocketing upwards after after this pre-draft process has kind of started to play out. But those are some names there. Um, Buccaneers will very likely 
be in the market for a tight end. And um, I think that, you know, they could very easily, if things shake out well, draft a guy like Jeremy Ruckert if he's there in the third round or, or Jelani Woods, you know. So we'll see what happens. Jelani later. Woods is my guy. Yeah. I love it. I, he's just like, I just like when a guy looks way bigger than everyone else on the field. And like, I know he doesn't really get, he can't, he can't really get low into cuts because he's like six, seven and like 250 pounds or whatever. He looks like LeBron out there, but he's, uh, he's an interesting red zone target. That's for sure. Definitely. Uh, so yeah. It we'll- is wild when at like such a high level, like division one foot, when there's, someone that's just bigger than everyone else still yeah but like yeah you okay he was bigger when he was 12 and he was bigger when he was 14 and 16 is that oh yeah no just still, still bigger way bigger <laughs> than everyone it's pretty wild it's very uh it looks very gronk-esque i don't i'm not going to give him a gronk comp at all but like he when he's running his roots you like you can see it it like pops out on the film you're just like what who's that kid why is he, he so yeah. He can move though too. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, for a position like that, for example, talking about combine 40 times and debating how valuable it is. I mean, if a tight end blows the roof off speed wise, that's gonna really turn some heads and can shoot them up a round or two, you know, if they're way faster than they expected. They already the tape shows you if they got hands and if they can block. But if you're a lot faster, straight line speed in a way that you didn't get to demonstrate it at, in college, especially with how tight ends are used sparingly in many offenses, no doubt. It's a real way you could separate yourself. It's true. Uh, doesn't sorry. it feel like every tight end is the as the exact same speed? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it feels that way. Uh, except Kelsey, Kelsey looks different, and Pitts. Kelsey obviously. looks different. Yeah. Kelsey looks different. But uh, even like Mark Andrews and I don't know, pick your guy. Like Gronk looks slow as hell. Gronk looks yeah. slow as hell. Even it's when true. they have the ball, they're like, "What? What's like? He's going to be there. Someone's going to hit him. I don't know if they're going to tackle gonna him. Someone's going to catch this guy. Yeah, yeah basically. Like in Pitts, yeah. I guess would be different, but he's really a receiver. But yeah, I know what you're saying for sure. Um, so moving along into the trenches, the offensive tackle position. This is a fun, interesting group. Um, top heavy, in my opinion. Um, I got Icky Aquanu at the top of my board out of North Carolina State with Evan Neal close behind him from Alabama. Yeah, I like Icky a lot. Um, yeah, and I, I got I haven't I haven't seen enough tape on either to to really stake my claim. But all I yeah. saw was that Evan Neal shirtless selfie or whatever he said out to the world that little Snapchat. So Evan Neal didn't perform at the combine, and he's he's not unanimously, but most people have him going first to the Jags because obviously the Jag Jacksonville Jaguars are going to need to protect Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so Neil didn't really do do work at the combine, but all he did, he took questions at the podium and everyone just freaked out because he's like 340 pounds and he just looks yeah, so he's abs. wrong and cut. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not right. It's not normal. It's like, so he, he actually could have helped his stock um, just by sitting at the podium. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Iki Aquano, on the other hand, he's just, his ceiling is through the roof, man. He's just kind of a freak. Like, Big, strong body, mean finisher. He get, he can run block. He can pass protect. I just think the ceiling is higher there, whereas Evan Neal probably has a higher floor, uh, one that you'll see sooner in the NFL. Um, and, and then Charles Cross out of Mississippi State is another, like, really good player. Like, those three guys are all in a tier of their own at the top, and they're really special. Each of them could be franchise left tackles for decade plus. So um, pick your poison, depending on who's there. And then the guy who's really shot up, draft boards who now i have in my latest 
yet to be unveiled rough draft of my mock um, is Trevor Penning out of uh, Trevor Penning out of North Dakota State. Um, he is a big, mean dude. Like at the Senior Bowl, he was he was ruffling all the feathers by like playing through the whistle and just slamming dudes head to the turf. <laughs> And shit, and those same guys Scott was talking about with the stopwatches in the crowd, they were like, "Yeah, yeah, oh, kill yeah, them. kill them, <laughs> yeah." Every so, game, play it like your last snap. I guarantee they uttered the phrase "country strong" at least four times, like hundred percent. Like it's not even a doubt, right? <laughs> exactly. So he's like six seven. Uh, sorry, he went to Northern Iowa. I don't know why I have North Dakota State written down. I was like, that's not where he went. Uh-oh. Um. But yeah, Trevor Penning, 6'7", he ran, ran super fast. So he helped himself at the Combine and at the Senior Bowl, as I mentioned, just by playing mean like, um, and, and not being, a, being afraid. So he's a guy who could, he could go as high as top 10. He could fall into the teens. Harder guy to place. But I think with uh, only so much top-tier talent, I think he's going to go early. So, um, Interesting. yeah, I think he's going to go quite early by the time the draft comes around. And, and there's plenty of teams that, that need to keep their quarterbacks upright. Um, Bernhard Raymond um, is another guy who probably second round, end of the first. Then after that, it 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 really kind of steadies out in terms of the quality of tackles that you'll see throughout the rest of the draft. So if you need a tackle and you're a team with a, with a premium pick, it's a big reason why those teams are expected to take a tackle because you can get a game changer if you're right near the top. But if not, you might as well maybe wait till the third or fourth. Um, and yeah. get a guy who's not that far down. So that's kind of my take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get a better feel for that as time goes on and you're able to watch more tape and maybe opinions change. Um, in terms of the interior offensive linemen, the centers and guards, uh, three three guys who are like likely to go in the first round are Kenyon Green out of A&M, Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa, who's you know one of the more talented centers we've seen in a while. Like he's still yeah, – Everybody loves that kid. Man, even after like the year Creed Humphrey have, people still have him rated higher as a prospect. Like in hindsight, yeah. that's how that's how how good he is at that position, talent wise. Only thing is, if you're a center and and a strictly a center, uh, that that really narrows down the teams that will have an interest in you, right? So right. there's a potential that a Kenyon Green I just mentioned, or the guy I'm about to mention, Zion Johnson out of Boston College, um, could go before him because they're guards, even if they're not necessarily as talented at their position. Um, but as you know. Off the top, paying tribute to, to Ali Marpet. I mean, the value of offense of interior offensive linemen is, is starting to catch up to tackles. It's not at the same level, of course, but you got guys like Aaron Donald in the league and, and yeah. Javon Har- Hargrave yeah. and all these dudes, Vita Vea, that you got to deal with. Like, if, you, if you blow up um, the interior of an offensive line, the quarterback, it's way harder to get outside, right? Yeah. Oh, the play is oh, done. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's plenty of value there. And then the next tier of guys, there's plenty of good guys too, like Dylan Parham out of Memphis, Ed Ingram out of LSU, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, a um, bunch of names and guys who, who our boy Brandon Thorne, the offensive line guru, um, thinks very highly of for one, and, and I think a lot of evaluators will also. So plenty of talent to be had on the interior of the offensive line if that's one of your needs. Um, the Buccaneers are certainly someone to keep an eye on in terms of those three guys, Kenyon Green, Lyndon Baum, and Zion Johnson. I could, if, if one of those three is around, come pick 27, I could absolutely see that being the play since, uh, again, Ali Marpet's not with us. <clears throat> now, time for the edge rusher, the edge rusher position, uh, maybe the class of the draft, depending on what you think. 
um, bunch of studs. And, and I mean, the guy who most people have as the, as the top player overall at this position, Scott is your boy out of Michigan, Aiden Hutchison. Um, he's got a motor kids got a motor and he's, he's more athletic than people give him credit for. So um, that, that, that's the biggest reason I think why he's kind of established himself as the top edge rusher in the draft over Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, they, and they're both enjoyed. awesome, right? Yeah. Like they're both yeah. awesome. Thibodeau's awesome too. I don't want to just talk about the Michigan guy, but like seeing Hutchinson, um, you know, for the last few years and how much better he's gotten, he's just, he's so good and smart and doesn't overrun plays and finishes plays when he actually gets to the quarterback, you know, cause a lot of guys can get there, but you have to actually make the play. Um, uh, he's just a, you know, a total game wrecker. Uh, you know, gonna get every ounce out of him too, which I know he'll do super well in the process. Like you're not gonna have to worry about him uh, in any, you know, off the field, or you know, is he gonna get complacent? Anything like that? He's just like good dude, exceptional player. Uh, and he deserves it, as far as I'm concerned, to be considered at the top of the draft, and you know, be the likely, be the likely first pick. Absolutely, um, for sure, man. And he like his forty was whatever, but like his cone drills were like really special. So like the the critique may have been he's all motor and not enough wheels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but like, despite questions about his athleticism, he was elite in the three cone, like absolutely elite and short shuttle. Um, the only red flag though, that there's some chatter coming about now is, and it might seem minuscule, but it's his, his arm length is 32 and an eighth, um, 32 and an eight. So it's considered like pretty short. And a, according to some people, like from spending their time in Indy, some GMs maybe aren't as high on him as the media. Mm. Um, so for example, like, uh, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia is a guy who was just skyrocketed up draft boards. He absolutely wrecked the combine like every other yeah. member of that Bulldogs defense. Yeah. Um, he has 35 inch arms. So like people are going to start falling in love with yeah. the traits, right? That's inevitable. Um, but I think generally Hutchinson's still considered uh, the best option. I don't know. Time. Yeah. And like, whatever, like, I don't know what else you need to see from Hutchinson. Right, like he—he's that dude. He's unreal in every big game. He was the best player. Yeah, the arm length. I mean, lit up, lit up Ohio State's tackles. Yeah, yeah like just dismantled them, um, for sure. I don't know, like yeah. how how big of an issue is the arm? Maybe it is a big thing. I don't like. I don't know. But to me, it's like, can the guy play? Yeah, he can really play. So we'll just go from there kind of thing. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's the whole thing, right? It really depends on philosophy. Cause I totally get that. And, and just for comparison sake, the guy we're talking about Trayvon, Trayvon Walker, he, his production, of course he was playing with, you know, all these other future NFL superstars on that same D line. There's only so much, I guess he can do, but I think the tape or the production wasn't quite anywhere near Hutchison or where it should be. So that was kind of the yeah. concern. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, everyone always says, Oh, trust the tape, trust the tape. Don't buy the hype of the testing, but as soon as these these yeah. crazy scores come out, man, I'm already hearing <laughs> it from really respective respectable people who are generally plugged in and trying to relay the the information they're receiving from you know NFL decision makers. So it's but just funny. But let's call like that's why all this is like total bullshit, right? Like it just fills the time between the Super Bowl and the and the actual draft. Like oh, they taught that someone did this, and, and then who's mock draft? Oh, like 
Who's mock draft? You mean the thing that isn't going to happen? Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. None of it matters, right? It just matters who they actually take, right? It's and, like, and, and who's actually good in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, there are years where the second pick in the draft isn't who we thought it was going to be or who it was yeah. reported. The second, not the ninth, where, you know, each, you know, it's a bigger percentage of not getting it right the further down the line you go. So, you know, obviously, I, lo- I like talking about the players and the prospects and everything like that. But to actually say where they're going to go, it's like, yeah, I mean, no idea. No idea. Like, who had Anthony Bennett at number one for the cat? You know what? I, I don't know. And that was after months of reading mock drafts and everything like that. It's just like these guys get picked apart and picked apart, or they get built up and built up, and then one team takes them and another team doesn't. And then we go from there, right? Like, yeah. all right, bit of a soapbox there. Yeah, yeah, no, this is a good time to plug the, like we the Bucks Banner mock draft will be coming out in well, the just, coming days. Yeah, I'm gonna. Fu- I don't know, man. I'm just. I feel I, per- I feel personally attacked, but you're not wrong. No, <laughs> I'm not trying. I because I fall. I'm guilty of it every year. I'm like, who is this team gonna get? Who are like in the NBA? I'm like looking up the Raptors potential mock mock drafts like daily. It's like, yeah, okay, well, we'll see. Are they even picking there? Do we know where they're picking yet? And are they going to have, right? Like, I don't know. It's just, <clears throat> now obviously we're getting close to the NFL draft. So this is more relevant and everything. It's just, um, I don't know, man. It just feels like, oh, you know, every year, oh, you, he he was a little bit rude to someone during an interview. Oh, drop <laughs> um, like, what, what, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of talking. No, for sure. And you're right. You're, everyone is wrong. Like with the mock drafts, it's more just a fun way f- to get to know the prospects That's too. And just kind of, it's like a game, like it's like a guessing game, but what you're talking about in terms of like, you know, talking guys up and talking guys down, it does have an effect because there's all this bullshit slander about Kayvon Thibodeau, not having the heart and yeah. all this. Right. And it's so, I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, what it's is, who? tell me an instance, yeah. tell me an instance where he didn't try to knock the quarterback's head off. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, cause because he's not he didn't fully participate in every drill at the combine. Yeah, we've never seen that before. Like, shut up. He, like, he had, honestly, the let's call a spade a spade. Like, let's say five years ago, there's general managers in front offices asking questions about, you know, se- like sexual orientation or what you would do in certain you know, to, like it comes out after the fact, like some very strange interview questions and everything. So these are the people we're listening to as the decision makers. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like this Mensa level group that we're, that we're listening to in terms of, Oh, they reported this or this person came off as that. It's like, what these guys suck at their jobs and they're asking the wrong <laughs> questions and then they get the picks wrong. Right. So, and they're the ones slandering these, these athletes, these kids that are coming up because, whatever they don't like like the cut of their jib or something like that like i don't know it's just uh it's a little old school i think we're getting better at it like everything as you know the older generation basically phases itself out of a lot of these roles so uh, that's encouraging but it's the same thing like i'm sure someone didn't like the way thibodeau you know shook hands with someone after a game or whatever and that all character character is you're gonna be able to count on him like get the fuck out of here man i don't know yeah fair um in terms of just like the rest of these top tier um elite potential as edge rushers edge defender type players um jermaine johnson out of florida state he's a guy who who was 
you know, in that in that waiting line at Georgia and just got sick of it. So he transferred to uh, Florida State and just dominated the SEC or sorry, the uh, ACC. So um, he's a guy who's got everything teams want. He, he's got the motor and the athletic profile. So uh, he he was arguably the best player um, at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. So Jermaine Johnson's another guy, Jermaine Johnson, the second, technically, I believe, um, yeah. who, who could easily go top 10, like, like no problem. Yeah. Um, talked about Trayvon Walker. This guy's just a freak. Like the things he did at the size he is and the weight he is, is, is mind boggling, um, stuff. David Ajabo cap, another guy you're familiar with who was playing opposite Aiden Hutchison there, uh, for the maize and blue. He's yeah. a guy who's considered, you know, he, he doesn't have a ton of experience necessarily or overwhelming production yeah. um, for the Wolverines, but he's got that, that ceiling, right? Like, yeah. And he really just had the one big year this year, obviously. Um, but that should be enough. I mean, he's awesome. He He's good. He's like him and Hutchinson on the t- same team. You know, if Ojabo obviously plays with someone similar uh, on the other, or like on the defensive line, whoever, whoever ends up taking him, like, I just think he's, I don't want to say he can't miss, but I think he's going to be a solid pro for like eight to 10 years. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then a guy I kind of have him paired with, depending how you slice it. So not as much of the, what do we call it? What is Jeremiah calls it traveling partners guys. You kind of have in that same exact same sec section um, is George Karloftis out of P- Purdue. Um, he's all over the place. Like generally viewed as a first rounder. Some people initially had him in the top five. He is not as much of an athletic freak, but just one of those relentless motor type players, really strong, um, not as bendy as, as some of these other like more athletic players, but someone who could be really successful in the NFL. So, um, depend, you know, it depends how you vet, what traits these guys are valuing to, to d- that'll determine where they go and how successful they are. Two more names, Logan Hall out of Houston. He's kind of caught between positions. He could even play some tackle. He's a guy you'll see in the second round. He's not a first rounder. Um, and boy, Maffe out of Minnesota is someone who just continually is climbing um, and rumblings come out about him being in favor of uh, decision makers as well. So that's another guy who you could see drafted much higher than anticipated. He could even sneak into the first round. Um, now, in terms of the interior defensive linemen, um, I think everyone is familiar with the Bol- the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, uh- like just an they deserve this, by the way. They were that good. Like yeah, they were. They, they really deserve all this shine, right? And it's not like like um, it's not like it, it just so it's not like the Baylor guys. Okay, not to like pick on them. Their athletic performance at the combine was incredible. But it's not, like these guys also just won a national championship with like the most dominating defensive season I can recall. Yeah, they uh, actually did it, and they're testing well, and they project right because it doesn't everything. always work that way. Yeah, everything. But like testing well is one thing. Jordan Jordan Davis, who's the biggest man you've ever seen, three hundred and fifty two pounds. Um, he's like six. I don't know how tall is he. Seven. Yeah, six seven, three fifty. Okay, he ran a four seven eight forty yard dash, jumped thirty two inches, and a ten three broad jump. So, I mean, that's just not normal. Like truly, truly terrifying. Like, here's the thing: if he's chasing after me. He's got arms. I feel like it's harder to elude him. If a rhino was chasing after me, I feel like I'd have a better chance of actually getting around the rhino. You'd outsmart him, yeah. Right? Or like, you know, maybe they, they don't have the game experience to actually make the play in the backfield. <laughs> He's going to make the play. Such a That's actually a, a very good analogy, Scott. 
Uh, I feel feel weird saying that, but it it is. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way that Rhino is going to turn it as quickly as Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, better than a Rhino. And from what I've heard, the Rhino has been hanging out with Thibodeau. Right, so we have yeah. there obviously about what's going on. That that's wait till you see the, the arm measurement. I heard that Rhino doesn't even have arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, four legs. Who knew? Yeah. So the the two Georgia defensive tackles are at the top of most people's boards. That's Jordan Davis, who we just talked about, who's more of a gap stuffer, run plugger, just going to occupy at least two bodies, similar to like a Vita Vea, as fans of the yeah. Buccaneers are so familiar with and appreciative of. Um, whereas Devontae Wyatt, who's the other defensive tackle, who's actually my first overall defensive tackle, he's a little more of that run pass rush blend. Like he's a little more complete. He's a little smaller. Still was phenomenal in the uh, in the combine as well in terms of his athletic performance. Um, however you slice it, those boys are going early. Um, if Devontae Wyatt is there at 27 for the Bucks, I would be ecstatic, but I just don't see it happening. Jordan Davis isn't getting past the Chargers. There's no way based on, you know, we Bo, you especially harped on it all year about them not oh being able God. to stop the run. Yeah. Could there be a, more of a match made in heaven than Jordan exactly. Davis and the Chargers? Mm. There, unless there's like a linebacker that we're not thinking of, maybe they go that route to try to shore up their run defense issues. But yeah, if you could just plug Jordan Davis into that defensive line, they are immediately better. Like um, like day one, this there's a different ceiling on that defense. He's ex- he's good. He's exciting to watch. Yeah. Like he's that almost much of a spectacle, right? Like uh, he's just something else, man. I can't wait. I can't wait to see where he goes. Yeah, and and another guy um, who who played his collegiate football at the University of Connecticut, Travis Jones, is just another okay. equally as impressive specimen. Just super productive, strong as hell, way faster than he should be for his size. Uh, he's really shooting up. And he's probably got himself into the first round, maybe. Like, we'll see. But I, I would not be shocked at all. We, um, we need to know his recruiting story. Right. Like, was he a 5'10", 160 receiver that just grew, like, just doubled in size between his <laughs> freshman and sophomore? Like, what? UConn? Maybe How'd you know, yeah. UConn he's in a- Canada. They would be just <laughs> relevant. Like, it's unreal. He's a big uh, women's basketball, college basketball fan. That's all. That, that Well... That would make that would be going to UConn just simply to be a fan of the women's basketball team would make more sense than going there to play football. So yeah, that that okay, get on board. He wanted to watch Paige Becker's courtside. That's all, dude. She's back. She I looks know. good. I I'm know. looking at some futures for UConn. They're gonna be like a sneaky three seed. <laughs> there we are. The best player. A um, couple other names if you want to keep an eye on the D tackles. I mean, those are the only three guys I think we'll go in the first round but second rounders to marvin leal out of a&m uh Fidarian mathis out of bama perion winfrey oklahoma he's a guy who who performed really well at the senior bowl uh, and matthew butler out of tennessee are all names to keep an eye on um very likely going to go within those top two rounds ish um in terms of I'm, and i'm trying to go a little faster here because we generally like to keep it under an hour but um inside linebackers two guys who are in a class of their own and that's nicobe dean of georgia and devin lloyd of utah um dean is unreal yeah nicobe dean is is special like he's got yeah. that um he's got that levante davidness to him gonna say right like yeah. where, where he's just doing the right shit all the time his his instincts are incredible like yeah. you can't measure that day one leader like he's just gonna whatever locker room he ends up in he's just gonna be the one of the guys that like everyone just kind of looks to 
Dude, Scott, Scott has something he wants. To I'm say. just saying, like naming all these Georgia guys, and I'm I'm thinking back to yeah, Michigan had a chance in that game. Like <laughs> what or what was like they, it was over before they even started the game. Like what was? Oh my goodness! Like we, and I haven't even yeah. mentioned the linebacker. Like they got a guy who's two two names down on this list right here, Quay Walker out of Georgia. So a true good game, good effort situation. You know what I mean? Like yeah, hey, yeah. what can you do? And then Devin Lloyd's more of like, so Nicobe Dean, it's like a sure thing. Okay. He's a little undersized, I guess, which is the only reason he's not the guaranteed LB one. But um, Devin Lloyd is more of just like um, a traits guy. Like obviously he, he was a phenomenal player at Utah, but um, his physical profile is just like so abnormally impressive um, that I think that's kind of led him to, to be the first linebacker off the board. Potentially we'll see what happens. Um, and then Christian Harris out of Alabama, Quay Walker, as mentioned, another Georgia Bulldog, and this Chad Muma guy out of Wyoming. Um, he's a second rounder, probably, but sounds like he's an immediate, like, three down linebacker in the NFL starting caliber. So that's another guy to keep your eye on there. And that's just a great example. I love when we find guys that are just compl- like can play and we're at whatever school. Like, I know yeah. the, Utah, not like they're in the Pac 12, but and obviously they've they're a great program and all that. But like the guy from Wyoming, the guy from UConn, like that's really cool, man. And that just shows you how you can, you you know, you're not a finished project at 18. There's a lot of room to grow and get better between 18 and 22 when you're in school like that. Right. So just a cool thing. I always love when we, when we find those guys and just, and you know, kind of uh, bringing it around to Ali Marpet was what Hobart college. Yeah. Like, it just shows you there's guys everywhere and uh, and the NFL generally does a good job of finding them. Right. So it's pretty cool for sure. Um, and then again, one of my favorite position groups in the draft and obviously one of the most valuable is the cornerback. And um, I mean, Ahmad sauce Gardner out of Cincy, you know, he's like six, two, six, three. He ran a four, three, seven, I think, which was way faster than people thought. Um you know he's his 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 career at Cincinnati is as impeccable as it can get. Like I think he never gave up at one touchdown. Yeah. Um, just an unbelievable player. And another he, can't miss name too, Sauce Gardner. Right, Sauce with the pick six. The, yeah. the top the top two guys, Gar- Sauce and Stingley. Like those are just yeah. nice. Oh, Stingley's great too. But yeah. isn't it, when you hear a six foot two defensive back, don't you think? Don't you think that they just must have the worst hands of all time? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What were they doing in high school, not playing receiver? And uh, you know, who knows? I've he was that good. He never got a had a touchdown thrown against him. He was obviously just meant to play the position. But I can't help but think about that at least a little bit. You know, I assume that Sauce was had to choose between corner and wide receiver like the day after Darrell Rivas signed that huge deal. Probably right. <laughs> yeah. Probably got, right. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, sauce is legit, man. Like he, he could net, like there's talk, you know, he could go as high as three now. That's why. Um, because again, the combine is not like a, okay, this guy's good. Cause he did well at the combine. It's, it's just, it really kind of confirms or denies what the tape has told you. Mm. Um, and sauce Gardner by every possible measure was so good, but I think there were some questions. How fast is he really? Um, and him running. Are, are we talking? Are we talking straight defensive backs right now, or is it corners and safeties? Corners. We're talking corners first. Okay, okay. Yeah. So if you got what? safety takes, well, I'm, guessing, I'm just, I want to know your take and 
in like a, the talks of Sauce Gardner going three, I'm assuming that means Kyle Hamilton's not going before him. Yeah, that would be that. Yeah, that that could, yeah. could happen for sure. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, for example, I, I hate to, we're fresh off the combine, so that's why I keep referencing it. No but, doubt. No doubt. Um, Kyle Hamilton, the guy who ran a lot slower, and some people were a little critical on based on his combine performance. He's a he's probably like he could be the best football player in this draft, Kyle Hamilton, as, as a safety. Um, it's more about the positional value in terms of a team just valuing a top notch shutdown six foot three corner um, yeah. with who's got like the cleanest resume ever, like Sauce Gardner. Like I think he's never had an alcoholic beverage. Apparently, like never smoked. <laughs> like he's just like football is his life. So um, take just, him off the list then. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big red flag in in my books. We're Not our kind of guy. Get this guy a but, drink. Like, I don't know. I like the way the NFL is going. I feel like safety, as I know, like obviously corner is like an unbelievably valuable position, but like on a play to play basis, like stopping the run, being that deep threat, like nullifier, like a safety is it's huge. It's huge to me. I don't know. And yeah. like the, you know, the expansion of a tight end, the use of a tight end in an offense now, like being a great safety is it should get you paid in the next like three to five years. I feel like we're going to be talking about, holy shit, that was a huge, huge contract for a guy like Kyle Hamilton or like Tyron Matthew. Like, I don't know what Tyron Matthew is going to get this free agency, but I don't know. I think you're dead right, Bo. Obviously, it's super important. Like you need one, but I feel like the top end DB yeah. Are so much more valuable than the, like the the median level DBs, and I think it's more flat uh, determining who the best safety is versus like a, a replacement level safety. So I think until totally. that change, that's probably why. But I mean, you're right. You need to come up and stop the run to to help cover tight ends that are you know changing the game for sure. It's yeah. it's hard. I think that just when you when you potentially have you know the guy who can shut down a whole half of the field or, you know, whatever the cliche is, right. With the defensive back, I, these teams just fall all over themselves to take one. Right. Which yeah, I'm not criticizing. I just think that's where they're coming from. Flawless discourse. You too. That was beautiful. Oh, wow. Beautiful. I, you both get a good grade from me for that. Oh my goodness. Um, and yeah, Bo, just one thing to tack on there. Cause I, cause I totally agree in terms of the value of the safety is going up, up, up. It's like, there's, it's not that strong safety and a free safety anymore. You know what I mean? No. Like, they, want, they want guys who can do it all. Kyle Hamilton. It's a fucking Rover now, dude. Yeah. Like it's basically like a, another linebacker dude. And there's, there's five, and they're interchangeable. there's five first round caliber safeties, I think, but just Steel. let's just zip through these corners quick. Cause we're, we're tight on yeah. time here. Um, yeah. So, so sauce at the top Stingley, in 2019, the, the big LSU year, the Burrow year, the Chase year, um, the national title year for the LSU Tigers, he was a freshman, and um, he was unbelievable. Looked like the best yeah. corner prospect we've seen in a long, long time. I don't know if you guys have seen floating around Twitter or where, whatever social channels, but, like, there's video of him covering Jamar Chase in practice. Like, they've clipped a bunch of it, and it's like – I'm not it's not fair to like pick and choose and read into a short video, but my God, it's crazy yeah. how effective he was defending Jamar Chase and press man like drills and shit at LSU is crazy. Like that's, that's like wow. there's been some crazy football rosters, but like going back and just being a fly in the wall of like those LSU practice days would just be unbelievable. Bodan, I've been falling asleep 
trying to get through in my mind the whole game of that 2019 LSU Tigers offense versus this past year's Georgia Bulldogs defense. That's the match. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I've been simulating in my head. Yeah. But I can't I sleep for some reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's not exactly line. melatonin. Yeah, well, well, we'll take that offline. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, wow, what a matchup! I, eh. yeah, but Stingley's production fell off a ton, right? He's been really hurt, and um, yeah. these la- these past two years, but the talent is obviously there. So, I mean, he he, there's a chance he's not the second cornerback taken. Um, right behind him, Trent McDuffie out of University of Washington. They have two cornerbacks who could be taken in the first round, which is very impressive. Um, he's a little smaller, but he's just like an, a, a super instinctual, super natural playing the position, knows what to do, like smart as hell, um, athletic enough for damn sure, just a little bit undersized. So um, that's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, if Trent McDuffie were around by 27, I'd be furious if we didn't take him. Um, and Kair Elam out of Florida is another guy who um, ran insane. I got to stop talking about it, but I guess because so many guys ran so fast, it's like a little mind boggling. But uh, he's a corner who, who who looks real good, knows how to play the position like a lot of cornerbacks out of Florida have. Um, he's got the size and, you know, he's he's a baller. He can play Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson, Kyler Gordon who was Trent McDuffie's running mate at University of Washington. Little underwhelming in terms of his combine results. People thought he was going to uh, blow the roof off um, in terms of like his 40 time and stuff. And it was like in the four fives, which was a little shocking. Yeah. Oh, wow. How um, much of a dickhead do you feel like if you were one of the slow guys? Oh, right, right. <laughs> like yeah. everyone's breaking world records. Like, ooh, yeah. actually, it wasn't my best. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Roger McCreary from Auburn. He's probably more of a second rounder, but he could definitely sneak into the first. Um, and then finally with the safeties, let's finish off there. The aforementioned Kyle Hamilton, really special, undoubtedly the best safety in the group, but got a shout out. Another player from Michigan. Second on my board is Daxton Hill. Um, hell of a football player. He can play in the nickel, super versatile, tough, like hard to find flaws in Daxton Hill's game. Really good. Uh, yeah, sorry. Not to just be the, consummate michigan guy but like super solid productive he he was good even when the team wasn't good you know they had that terror you know what i mean like he still stood out uh that was a big recruiting battle i remember because they uh he's from oklahoma and he picked michigan over oklahoma i believe that was a pretty sweet one but um yeah really looking forward to following him uh because he michigan's had a couple decent um secondary players get dra- or play lately like that david long really came along this past year for the rams kind of started a little slow jordan lewis has been playing better for the cowboys kind of as he's mm-hmm. felt more comfortable and uh been used to how many snaps he's going to get i think that was big for him so yeah always interested in this in the in the secondary for michigan and see how they see how they pan out yeah and uh jaquan brisker out of penn state he's a first round quality guy uh and lewis Lewis Seen. It looks like it's signed, but it's pronounced Seen. Uh, Georgia Bulldog. Um, he ran in the four threes, and he's huge and super good all around player. Um, hard, it's all, you're, that that team was so good. It, it's almost like you don't notice everyone. So yeah, here's a guy who's now potentially once they actually view him in isolation and not just a part of this dominating stampede of freak show athletes. Like uh, he's legit. He's real legit. Um, and Jalen Petrie out of Baylor, um, he, he's he's good. He's really good. Similar to Daxton Hill, incredibly versatile. Like you could play him in the nickel um, if you wanted to, if he wasn't ready or or whatever. So, um, yeah, 
that's like a, a probably close to like I don't know 40 guys there 40 names for you folks if you're jotting down notes um, across all the major positions that I think deserve mention in this early draft primer um, just had to get some of that <laughs> off my chest talk about some of these names with my boys here it's a lot of homework for us I, I I'm just starting the draft process so I got a lot of YouTube clips to catch up on I love just hearing some of the names and, got, and like going and taking a look at them, seeing, you know, what they did in college. Shoot, Colin, like obviously, and Bo, I, I appreciate your opinion so much on these guys. And uh, it's fun. Like, I mean, it's football. It's so fun to talk about. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, obviously I was killing the mock drafts. The NFL draft, the first, is one of my favorite nights. It's just, and it's so ridiculous. It's so. Favorite, favorite weekends. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, seriously. It's like the definition of something you do not need to watch live because you can literally just get the – I never miss it. Like, I, yeah. I, I will never miss it. It's so ridiculous. But I don't, maybe it's just – it's perfectly timed like a couple months after the Super Bowl where you're really Jones and, you know, the NCAA tournament's over kind of thing. But, um, yeah. No so, NBA yeah. playoffs yet. Yeah. yeah. So, it'll be fun to keep tabs on these guys and see who rises, who falls from now until draft day. Um, like I said, I'll be putting out mock drafts. Um, we'll be talking about those, breaking them down, and uh, we'll be talking lots of other NFL draft content, along with all these storylines going around the National Football League, free agency, franchise tag deadlines tomorrow at 4 p.m. So there'll be plenty of Bucks news we need to address and just uh, lots of stuff from around the league. Uh, please don't hesitate. Shoot us a subscription on YouTube. Please subscribe. And uh, thanks for tuning into the Bucks Banter Podcast, episode 45. We will be in touch with you soon. Enjoy your evening. Peace.